Well, today I want to talk to you about faith. Amen. Uh, the basics of faith or faith basics is the title of the sermon. And, uh, you know, it, it's important that we walk in faith. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, our faith is always under attack. And the enemy is constantly trying to attack our faith. And, uh, and we got to be very careful that, that we are walking in faith. Last week I talked to you about Mary and how she received, you know, Jesus, you know, uh, when the angel Gabriel said that you're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And of course, Mary said, according to thy word, let it be done unto me. And so that that's great faith. Great faith is taking God at his word and believing it. And so I believe in God's divine protection. Amen. I'm not afraid of any virus or any. No, I believe that God divinely protects me. Glory to God that his angels around about me in all my ways, protecting me in all my ways. Do you believe that today? Anybody ever read Psalms 91? I'm telling you, you, you got to You got to continue in the faith. Amen. To walk in the grace of God. Amen. And so uh, one of my favorite scriptures here is in Hebrews 11, 6 and you know, I'm going to say this, that we got to get a right view of God in our faith, because I think sometimes our view of God can be skewed or it can be based on the traditions of men's teachings and not really lining up with the truth of God's word. And so you got to get a good understanding of who God is. Can I just say this to you today, that God is good, Amen. you know, that God, every good gift comes from God above um, and, and there's no shadow of turning. And God's the same yesterday, today, forever. God is good. Amen. And so anytime that the enemy, see, the enemy will try to get us to look at the negative things that might be happening in our lives. And it, what the enemy wants to do is make us think that God isn't good. Amen. But he's good. He's just. He's loving. He's merciful. We don't get what we deserve. Amen. <laughs> We get it. We get God's grace. We get God's mercy. And so we got to understand that. So Hebrews eleven six, because if you're going to walk in great faith, you're going to have to get a revelation, not only that God's good, but God is looking to reward you. He's looking to put a blessing on you. You got to get you got to believe that you got to believe that God wants to bless you. He he has a heart to bless you. Amen. So, so we got to get this revelation that God is not cursing us. God is blessing us. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews eleven six 6 says it this way. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. To please who? To please God. For he who comes to God must believe that, that he is, that God is, and that he, God, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, you know, th th this is powerful because if you have in your mindset that God wants to bless you, that he wants to reward you with blessings, uh, then you're going to be seeking God. Amen. If you believe that this promise is for you, then you're going to be getting up in the morning at four o'clock. No, I'm kidding. But you're going to get up in the morning. I don't know if anybody wants to get up at four, but you're going to be getting up and you're going to be putting God in the first place of your day. Amen. The first thing when I wake up, I say, a good morning. I love you, Heavenly Father. You know, I just I just tell God I love him. Thank you for another morning. 
Amen. I, 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 I acknowledge God in my life, even when I get up in the morning. It's important that you do that, that, that God should be on your mind when you wake up and God should be on your mind when you go to bed Amen. and God should be on your mind in the middle of the day. Amen. Amen. What, what was it was uh, Daniel. Remember that he was a man that was uh, greatly favored by God, a man greatly favored by God. How, why was he greatly favored? Well, the Bible says that he had a custom and that he prayed three times a day. Think about that. So he, he made it his, his life goal is to get into the presence of God three times a day. What if we did that? What if instead of just getting up in the morning and spending 15 minutes, what if we, got, what, what if we did it at our lunchtime? What if we did it right before we went to bed? How much favor would we potentially be walking? I just want you to think about that a little bit. A little sila. Think about that. But, but here it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, so when we come to God, we must believe that he's a God that, that desires to bless us. So whenever you give to God, God's going to give back to you. I I remember uh, reading the story of, of Peter and he was uh, fishing all night with his partner and he caught nothing, you know, and, and it was just a, it was a, a, a day of toil for him or a night of toil. And, and then Jesus came that morning to ask Peter if uh, he could use his boat and so uh, to preach out of. And, and so, so, so Peter went ahead and allowed Jesus to preach out of his boat. And then after Jesus was done, Jesus said to Peter, take your nets and throw them out. Think about this. And, and, and this is an example of seeking God that he's a rewarder. See, see in a sense, Peter uh, was putting God uh, in his life. He was placing God in his business. He was allowing God to use his resources. He, he was allowing God to, uh, or Jesus in a sense, because Jesus is, is, is God in the flesh, was using Jesus, allowing Jesus to use his boat. And, and Jesus said, throw your nets out. And they caught so many fish that it almost sunk their boat. Think about this. And, 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 and Peter got so amazed by that, that, that whenever you connect to God, God is connected to success. And success is connected to God. So you can't you can't be a failure if you follow God. Amen. It's an impossibility for you to fail. To if, no, no. If you're following God with all your heart, you are going to be a success. Do you believe that? And success is always a process. Oh, pastor, did you have to go there? It's a process. We got to continue to do the right things. We got to continue to believe that God is working in the midst of our problems for the solution to come about. I like the story in Acts 10. And this is about a man. His name is Cornelius. And I like going to him because he was a man that, that his faith was act, activated by what he did. See, I'm going to say this. Your faith is more than just, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. It's more than just you confessing a mantra or a scripture, it's you, it's you obeying the scriptures. Amen. It's you obeying the word of God. That's like you're here this morning 
And the word of God says that that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves with other believers. Why? Because the day is drawing near. Think about that. What day? The day that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back and he's coming back for you and he's coming back for me and he's coming back for the glorious church. Say, I'm the glorious church. And so I love this, that that this man here, Cornelius, he was a centurion and uh, uh, of the Italian regiment and he was a devout man and he feared God with all his household. And um, he gave generously to the people, prayed to God always, and he fasted as well. And, um, and what happened was that he, his works uh, of faith came up to heaven and came, became a memorial. In other words, got God's attention. So I'm going to say this. We can get God's attention by us doing faith good works. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He prayed, he fasted, he gave, and uh, to the Jewish people, he gave out of his treasury, and it, it got God's attention. Think about that. And, and this man wasn't a saved man, and, and it says here that, that the angel was dispatched from heaven to, uh, to Cornelius, and, and what was interesting, the angel told Cornelius that, that his prayers was, that God was hearing his prayers and that got God's attention and that, uh, I'm, that, that uh, the angel said to Cornelius, I'm going I'm to, uh, I want you to go to this man's house named Peter and Peter's going to preach to you what you need to have, to, to win the lottery. What's winning the lottery? Getting eternal life. I'm telling you, it's a gift that keeps on giving. You can win the lottery and still end up a miserable person. But when you win the lottery of salvation, you're not only going to have joy and peace in heaven. You should have some joy and peace down here. Amen. Amen. And so and so and so the angel was dispatched to to reveal. See, angels aren't supposed to preach the gospel. We are. See, we are God's ambassadors. We are here to be a light to the darkness. We are here to to display the glory of God, to reveal the glory of God. That's the reason why you need to get into his presence so that you can glow. Are you here? I know when I'm down or I'm depressed or I'm looking at circumstances or I'm thinking about things that aren't working. Uh, I'm, I, I hadn't been in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, when you get in the presence of God, all your problems become small and all God's promises become big. Amen. And so with Cornelius, uh, he, he connected Cornelius with Peter and uh, and then Peter uh, uh, you know, revealed a vision from God and, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to, to Peter to tell Peter to go to Cornelius's house. And uh, of course, you know, we see that, that his faith was working through his works and Peter preached the gospel and uh, the whole family got saved. His friends got saved. He brought his friends. I'm going to say your faith will not only affect you in a positive way, but your faith will affect your family and your friends in a positive way. It's more than just you being blessed. 
But when you start walking in the glory and the presence of God, knowing who you are in Christ, you're going to be setting other people free. See, I'm so thankful that my mom was in a, Well, at one time, my mom was in a house full of heathens. <laughs> called family. Amen. Any, 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 uh, any believers in here have any heathen family? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, maybe you were one. Were you a heathen at one time? <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and so uh, uh, heathen, he, being heathenistic, what does that mean? He, it means that, that you're all about you're just pleasuring, just doing things for pleasure for yourself. You're, you know, heathens, they're, they're all about what, what, will, what will bless them, what will cause them pleasure without any regard of anybody else. It doesn't really matter if it hurts anybody else. Heathens like to just, just to have pleasure all the time. And, and, uh, and, and God's not against that. But we don't want to make that our focal point. We don't want to make the blessing our focal point. We want to make God our focal point. And so we see that Cornelius prayed and, and, and his whole household was saved. And my mom was in a household of heathens. And she prayed, me, my brothers, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and she prayed. And you know what? Say faith is a process. Do you know how long it took for us to come into the kingdom of God? She prayed in 1977 a prayer for our family while we were heathens. And it took 10 years. Did somebody say 10 years? Ten years. But you know what? We all got saved in one year. Can you believe it? We all got saved in one year. In other words, the glory of God came upon the entire family. In one. God did it all in one year. I got saved I got water baptized and I got, uh, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit. The whole family got the whole kit and caboodle. I hope I said that right. Is it kit and caboodle? I don't even, I got to look that up what that means. The whole kit and caboodle. And uh, am I saying that right? Somebody correct me if I'm not. But anyway, it sounds good anyway. Oh, the whole kit and caboodle. And, and so, and so I remember that, that year, 1986, I got saved my mom gave me, I, I think she gave out Bibles to all of us that year for Christmas. And uh, man, it was a wonderful, I was like, a, a, a Bible, you know. And it, it had all this expanded information in it so you can learn more about the Word of God. I was so excited about the Bible. Amen. More than, you know, I used to be excited about the bars. You know, before I got God in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, uh, and but now I'm excited about the Bible. Amen. I know all the all the partiers that used to go to the bars and we have a pandemic going on and all the bars are closed down. I know they're all weeping right now. They can't be dancing on the dance floor. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so, it, well, if you can't go to the bar, if you're watching and you used to go to the bar, or you, you're weeping about that. Come to church. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can party down with us. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when you party with the Holy Spirit, he'll give you joy that you know not of. He'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He will strengthen you when you feel like you can't go any further. Do you believe that today? And so we got to get a revelation that, number one, if we're going to walk in faith, we got to get a revelation that God is looking to bless us. I think sometimes we're going through a trial. Has anybody, is anybody going through a trial, coming out of a trial, going into a trial? Don't raise your hand. 
You might say all three, Pastor. Going in, coming out, and staying there. Listen, don't stay in the valley. Don't camp in the valley. You're, you're, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And in that valley, do not fear. Why? Because God is with you. You might be in a valley today, but God is with you. And he's going to bring you through that valley. Somebody say, I believe that. Amen. It's not going to be perpetual misery. Okay. You may say, Pastor, I've been in perpetual misery. No, no, you're coming out of, out of misery and you're coming into mastery of how to walk in faith. Amen. So number two, if you're, if you're going to, uh, the ABCs of faith or, or faith-based, if you're walking faith, you gotta, you got to know that faith doesn't come by just praying for it. Some people say, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith. The Bible always already says that God has given everybody the measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. We, see, if you're saved, you have mountain-moving faith. See, because you have, you have faith, the God kind of faith, hallelujah, that moves mountains. Because God imparts faith, and when you receive him, his life comes into you. And then when, he, when the word of God is revealed, it activates the truth, and it activates the blessings of his promises. So, so, so faith comes not by just praying for it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come by seeing miracles. Because if that was the case, the Israelites, a generation, shouldn't have died in the wilderness because they saw a lot of miracles of God. But you know what? The generation still died in the wilderness. Just seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. Amen? And sometimes we think, God, if you just show me a miracle, I would have faith. No, it doesn't come by that. It doesn't, faith doesn't even come by begging for it. God, please give me more faith. No, no, no. Faith comes in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So I like what it says here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Somebody say, and hearing. And hearing. Because see, you have to constantly hear the word of God. Constantly hear the promises of God. Why? Because we have an adversary, uh, we have an enemy of our souls, and he's constantly trying to get us to focus on the negative. Yes, and so you have to overcome that. You have to overcome the, the negative of this world. And how, how do we overcome that? By hearing God's word. We know that, that Cornelius... The, the angel actually said to Cornelius that this man, Peter, will give you words that will give you life. So, so Cornelius and his family heard words from Peter. And Peter talked about Jesus dying on the cross, being raised from the dead, giving you eternal life. And they believed it. Those words translated not only Cornelius, but his family into the kingdom of God's dear son's love. Think about that. Words activates faith. But on the opposite end, words will also activate fear. I'm going to say that again. Words, words listened to that are negative words. If we constantly listen to the wrong things, we can actually walk in fear. And see, fear and faith do not mix. I see Jesus, Jesus hated uh, uh, fear. He, he, he would say to a lot of people, fear not. 
the angels that would come would say, fear not. Jesus would get upset if the, if the uh, disciples, if they doubted his power and what he could do. Uh, when Peter was walking on the water and, and he started looking at all the wind and, and the waves and he was walking. I'm talking Peter was walking on the water. Think about that. His faith was causing him to walk on. See, see, when you're walking in high faith, you can do the impossible. You can do things that other people can't do. Why? Because God's grace will elevate you above the natural realm. And so Peter, when he was walking on the water, he started looking at everything and he started to sink. And, th and that's where I get if your faith won't get you there, God's mercy can. Because Jesus reached out his hand and they were immediately on the boat. So, so his faith was waning. And so and what did Jesus say to Peter? You did good. You know, you walked on the water. No, he didn't say that to Peter. It would have been nice. You're the only water walker here. No, he said, why did you doubt? Right. He said that to Peter. Why? In other words, the enemy is trying to cause us to doubt God's power and his ability to change the circumstances. And I'm going to say this. Your circumstances, uh, your spouse, your kids, your boss, your neighbors, uh, your relatives are subject to change. Can you believe that? You may say, not, not my kid. God might be making him out, out to be a preacher. What, Pastor? No way can that kid be a preacher. I, I, you know, I shouldn't be a preacher up here. I was probably, one, you know, I, you talk, you know, I think I was, I, I was pretty bad in the family. You know, I'm probably not that bad, but, you know, I, 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 I cut up and I did some things that weren't right. Are you hearing what I say? No way I should be up here today. And uh, I was probably the furthest one. I mean, it should have been, Lord, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't it be somebody else? But see, 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 God, God, God knows you more than you know yourself. Yes, and God knows that there, that he has put greatness on each one of you. And once you start getting in God's presence, he will reveal to you the greatness he has in, in, implanted on the inside of you. And you don't even know who you are yet. You don't even know what great things you can do yet. But when you start getting in the presence of God, God will start revealing uh, his, his life, his love to you and, and his plan for you. Do you believe that today? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I, I want to say this, that that whenever we're under attack and whenever the enemy's attacking our faith, He's going to get us to look at the circumstances and he will try to make us think that the, that the mountains are bigger than God's promises. And so what he will try to get us to do is to focus, the enemy will get us to focus on the wrong things. And what happens is we start losing our hope. And our hope is the earnest expectation that good will come. And if you don't have any hope, you're in trouble. Amen. Now, I'm not saying dope. Okay, I'm saying hope. <laughs> Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Somebody say, I need my dope. No, you need some hope. <laughs> you don't need any dope. I, I need my pain relievers. I need, no, yeah, you, you might need, I, I need my sleeping pills. No, all you need is some hope, right. not dope. Amen. And hope will carry you to the other side. Do you believe that today? And so we got, we got to believe that. So I got some scriptures here and I say these scriptures out a lot. Why? Because I need them myself. 
Why? Because sometimes I look at circumstances. Sometimes I evaluate my... Sometimes I, I ask God, why are you punishing me? Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like God is punishing you when you're going through a trial? You're like, God, why... Are you punishing? Have I done something to, to, to make you mad at me? <laughs> have I? Uh, are you punishing me <laughs> over something? Is it something? Is it because I partied too hard when I was younger? What, what, am I reaping what I've sowed? Why are you punishing me? Do you ever feel like God is punishing you when you're going through a trial? God's not punishing you. Amen. 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 And, 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 and in reality, Jesus took the punishment so that you wouldn't have to be punished. God's not punishing, you know, I, I think about that and I think about, you know, where does these trials come from? Well, we're in a corrupt world system. We're not in heaven yet. So we're in a place where the devil can operate. You know, the devil is not locked down. <laughs> He's going to be locked down pretty soon. A big angel is going to come and going to tie him up with a chain and drag him down to hell. And he won't be able to bother us anymore, you know, for at least a thousand years when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. And, uh, and so he will be locked down. But right now, the devil's not locked down. Amen. Amen. And so, so he is going around seeing whom he may devour. He's looking for foolish people that are focused on circumstances. He's looking at, he's trying to get people to throw out their faith and try to give up on God and try to, you know, he, what he wants people to do is, you know, like what, remember Job, he was going through his trial. Remember that he was going through a lot of problems. And finally his wife said to Job, curse, why don't you just curse God and die? Remember that? What, what an encourager. She was such an encourager to Job, wasn't she? I mean, if you have a, with a spouse like that, you don't need enemies, right? She was such an encourager. And, uh, but you know what? You know what? He didn't curse God. Why? He knew that God was his only hope. See, we don't have any hope unless we have God. Because God's the only person, if you, you know, that can change things. He, he's, he's the only uh, person that can, that can change the circumstance. Jeremiah 29, 11. You say, you, you, you say this scripture almost every week. I want to get this drilled into you. Okay? I want you to get a revelation whenever the hell starts breaking loose in your life that you need to start thinking about some scriptures. And you need to start standing on some word of God. And you need to start confessing something out of your mouth. See, scriptures are more than, than just being on paper and reading it. You've got to get it from your head into your mouth. You've got to allow the scriptures to be spoken out of your mouth. How many people speak scriptures out of their mouths on a daily basis? If you don't, you need to start. And so here it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. God's not out to punish us. Amen. Amen. Uh, they are, are to give you a future and a hope. So, so you know, when... The disciples came to this, this blind man and, uh, and they asked Jesus, was it his sin or was it his parents' sin that caused him to be born blind? I don't know if you ever read that or not. And, uh, and, and, and they want to know, why is this man being punished? Right? Is, is that really what they were asking? Obviously, had they, they sinned. Somebody must have sinned in the equation for the punishment of, of, of blindness to be on there. And Jesus said, neither the man sin, neither the parent sin, so that the glory of God might be revealed in him. 
Think about that. In other words, the problem comes, but, but God already has a promise that if we stand on, will get us through the problem. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? The, the problem will come, but the promise is already here. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.